This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes! It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo! Another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. Jack Fritz, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know if we would be doing this podcast if tonight's game had not turned out the way it did. After the first two games, we needed this one. What a win. Alec Bohm absolutely touched home plate. I will not hear anything else. And uh, what a win, buddy. Boom, always touched home. Uh, I mean, the rest of the weekend didn't happen, right? Like, this was the only game that we're talking about? Yeah, listen, listen. It was never going to be an undefeated season against the Braves. The Braves are going to get theirs. It's okay. Boom, touched home, and everything's okay. Boom, touched home, and everything's okay. I like that. That's a, uh, a rallying cry we can get behind right there. That's right. right. That's right. Uh, Everything's fine. Look, if, if nothing else, that was a, a <laughs> I almost said a must-win game. Not a wow. must-win game, but wow. like, for our sanity for this podcast. And look, it was definitely a, an important win because going down there and getting sway, swept, you just lose all the momentum that you gained with your hot start, with the 5-1 start to go down, and we'll get into it. But the losses were obviously frustrating, especially – the Saturday night, Jose Alvarado lost. We'll get, yeah, we'll talk about it. But to come back in this game and especially be down early, to go down early, and then, you know, kind of keep taking the lead and keep having the Braves snatch it back, and then to finally take a lead and Hector mow him down the top of the order in the in the ninth. It was, uh, look, again, not must win, but it was definitely, a, I think, an important win for this team early in the season. It was a uh, right the ship game, you know. It's like uh, you know, it's uh, we might be sinking, might be sinking. There's the iceberg right ahead of us. We're the Titanic, but it was like you know what? We're gonna steer clear of the iceberg. Everything's fine. Bone touch home, and um, yeah. I mean, listen, it was it was an annoying series in Atlanta. It was it brought back a lot of bad memories. Uh. <laughs> like. Dude, it's like every year, every year you're just excited for the Phillies. They get back and, you know, they have that first week and a, you know, week and a half. And it's like, wow, this is a good baseball team. And then they go to Atlanta and it's like, oh, this is the worst experience of my entire life. It's like a torture chamber. Dude, awful. Just straight up awful. And it's like, oh, all of us who were like, did you know Freddie Freeman went hitless in a series for the first time in his career against the Phillies? Like, oh, really? Oh, really? Oh, he stinks. Oh, Ronald Acuna didn't kill us. Oh, whoops. Whoops. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? Big one tonight. Big one tonight. Uh, Oh, listen. Honestly, like, honestly, like, like, I'll take that. I mean, obviously, you want to take two or three. uh, But the fact is, the fact is, they battled tonight with the Braves with Matt Moore on the mound, which is whatever. They... We're right in the game last night. Uh, they were pretty resilient in both nights, and you know Friday night was a disaster. But um, like it was for, for for as bad as Braves series have been in my life, not the worst. Yeah. Oh well, that's for damn sure. I mean, getting swept tonight on a walk off homer by Ronald Acuna or something was definitely the way this one was. I was excited. Hey. I texted Jack. I texted Jack inside baseball because. I it's a late night 
for us and i was like are you gonna be ready to go when this is over and as the as hector was coming in he's like you think this is over and he's like come on man like this is it was over. way it honestly it was way too easy of a nine for me like way Unbelievable. too i i feel like i yeah. looked down for a second it was two outs i was like what just happened but hey, really really important question before we get into oh the rest good because i have two important questions for you and then i want to get into the rest of the podcast so you go first all right, you have to start a team with one player, Cunha or Soto. Who are you starting a team with? So I said Soto for – I'm sorry. I said Acuna for the longest time on this. And and then in like the last – like the second half of last season, I pivoted to Soto. And now I'm I'm reevaluating it. I Like Soto uh, – Acuna is definitely a better defensive player for whatever that part of it's worth. But, man, I think I'd still take Soto right now, but it's really close. Who would you take? Yeah, it's it's annoyingly close, I would say. Uh, I hate uh, that they're both. And, and uh, we'll get into the Acuna stuff. Don't worry. Well, I, how about this? I'll say, I'll say only one player touched home safely tonight in a tie game late in the ballgame, and that was Alec Bohm. So I'll take Alec Bohm over both of them. Um, but if you make me choose who brings me more pain, I would say it's Ron Acuna yeah, well, Jr. Yeah, well, that, that definitely might be true. Certainly the most recent pain. All right, two questions, important ones for you, and then we're going to dive into to, you know the stuff we need to talk about from these games. Uh, first one, actually related to tonight's game, uh, as someone who... Talked himself into Matt Moore, and uh, two people on this podcast, one did not, one after the last start said to you, like I said, Matt Moore stinks. Uh, after tonight, Jack, would you like to amend your, your Matt Moore position, or, or are you going to stick with it? JT is again sinking Matt Moore, <laughs> no. but, oh, but it's, it's okay. It's okay. Whatever. Um no, listen. Uh, I don't know. The cha- I still think if you if you let me go through a game, letting me call it, I will eventually give up. Give it up. But with JT calling it, I can't give it up yet. Um, but I will say, no, he's de- it definitely has not been a good start to the season. But also, like, what's the plan here if he's just not that great? You know, I mean, it, it, like, is Spencer Howard going to be on his way back up here? Like, how long? Better not like, be how, Vinny, man. Better not be Vinny. Uh, oh, listen, <laughs> I, I agree. I would actually, I would rather have Matt Moore out there than Vinny. But I'd rather have Ranger Suarez out there than Vinny. I just like what, like, if 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 Matt Moore keeps going out there and doing this, how long do you keep Spencer? Like, I know they want Spencer Howard to be this hybrid kind of pitcher this year, where they if they have him start, it's for three innings max, but. I mean, Matt Moore is obviously not as good as Spencer Howard, and it might just be a failed experiment. Like, not every signing you're going to make is going to work out. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 not a, it's not a good spot to be in. And I wonder how many more starts they give him until they they get Spencer Howard up here. Yeah, I would say actually, if you're, I want to ask you that question later about what is right now the biggest hole in the team but you know obviously we center field we'll talk about and there are a couple other spots that come up but i think you can make a big argument that starting pitching depth is the the biggest issue at this team towards the back end and we really need chase anderson to be you know what chase anderson has mostly been for the most part of his career but like really need that if matt moore is bad and i don't know how many starts it's a really good question all right second question before we dive into specifics from the games uh, the more important question, I would say, um, you're a big golf guy. Uh, I didn't get to catch any of the Masters. Who was calling it with Nance not there? Do you know who they had calling the Masters? Or a lot of Nick, a lot of Nick Faldo. <laughs> that there was what a it lot was? of Faldo. That was, was okay. Yeah, I was. wasn't yeah. sure. I wasn't sure. So. I was trying to. I was trying to think of like a witty tweet. <laughs> um, but like I didn't, I didn't feel like deal, dealing with it today. Um, but I think CBS made a mistake letting uh, Jim Nance resign. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. And and even more importantly, whoever decided that resign and resign were the same word, 
Dude, <laughs> even more. Are you starting to come around on my way of thinking? There, I, like I agree with you, but I would have, I would have looked at, I would have looked into it more before saying on the podcast that oh, we got breaking news: Jim Nance resigned. Yeah, but if you know me at all, you know, <laughs> I, that know. I, I know I only read headlines. I don't really like to do any deep research into anything. I know. I know. The only thing, the only thing I do deep research into is like spin rates horizontally. <laughs> I know you'll be like, <laughs> you'll be like, oh well, baseball savant this or Brooks baseball that, but you you read like half of a tweet and you're like, hey, Jim Nance is leaving TBS. Some say he wanted Romo money. It's <laughs> great. All right, uh, let's get in the games. Obviously, not much. There's no, wait. There was no other games besides tonight, right? Yeah. Like, there's yeah. All right. Happened. Yeah. Let's not talk about games, but let's talk about a hypothetical, particularly a hypothetical game on Friday night. If there were a hypothetical game on Friday night, and if Zach Wheeler were to, let's say, not look like Zach Wheeler in the game we know he pitched this season, that that gem of a start he had. Uh, what would you say about Zach Wheeler's hypothetical performance? Uh, it was it was not great. It was, <laughs> it, it was just it was just I thought he was I thought he was trying to make good positive trends forward after his last start, and um, like it it just felt like he could never get into a rhythm all night. Uh, I just never felt like he could kind of you know get on a roll and, and and just keep it going and and all that. Um, the fastball location was brutal. You know, there was a lot of people saying about the umpires and, oh, they screwed Zach Wheeler. It's like, dude, Zach Wheeler, like, all right, there was maybe four times in a game where JT was set up in the outside corner and Zach Wheeler missed, like, two feet uh, on the inside corner of the plate and people were upset that uh, <laughs> that he wasn't getting a strike call there. And it's like the umpire's not going to give you the benefit of the doubt if you can't hit the outside spot. So, Really, the whole start from Zach Wheeler came down to not having good fastball location. Um, you know, he's trying to hit the outside corner, and every time he tried to hit the outside corner, it just kept going further outside. Um, and they tried to hone it in, and it just wasn't the same. It, it wasn't the same. It didn't have the same kind of jump on his fastball. And, uh, I mean, it's one start, whatever. But, you know, I would like to see them get back to the plan that they had um, in his in his opening day, or his first start of the season. Whereas a lot of you know power fastballs up and and all of that, and not trying to nibble the corners, which he's not great at. So um, I I just I didn't like the game plan that much, and I don't think the umpire screwed him. I don't think I don't think Wheeler threw enough strikes and and dotted the outside corner enough uh, for the, for the umpires to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, and look uh, for the same thing we said the first time around when he was awesome. We're like, hey, he was awesome against the Braves. That's a damn good lineup. What an impressive start! Like. This time around, you know what? The Braves are a damn good lineup, and they're going to get you sometimes, too. And and if you don't have your best stuff, that's going to happen. Um, all right. Uh, two more things from a hypothetical Friday night. Uh, I'll get to the more inflammatory one in a sec. But, but uh, Joe Girardi, and in general, I wouldn't say a great weekend period for Joe, but I mean, like, it's rare you see a veteran manager who's as put together as Joe Girardi make a mistake like he did in that game. Yeah, it's funny though. Like I, I totally got where he's coming from because that inning was so long, and Cotham went out so early in the inning that like I too would have been like, oh, I th- th- this doesn't make any sense. Why can't I go to the mound? So like I got it. It's still shocking that that he pulled that. Um, and if it was a you know, another manager, let's say, that was managing this team oh, two man, years can ago. Can you imagine? It would be a topic on sports radio for, like, three weeks. I know. I know. I know. Um, but, like... I mean, we got to be fair, right? I mean, let's yeah, be real. Yeah. If that were Gabe, it would be a total meltdown in the city. Yeah. It would be... It would be... <laughs> no one would handle it well. No one would say, hey, human error. Or those things happen. It would be, oh, this guy has no idea what he's doing. So, yeah, I mean, ultimately, they're going to lose that game anyway, I think. Um, but, yeah, it was just like, come on, Joe. I mean, now, to his defense, the whole, like, the manager or the, the, the visits thing is just stupid in general. I agree. I agree. I, I mean, look, I, 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 I applaud them for trying to do things that don't really – mess with the fabric of the game to speed up the game like that type of stuff but i'm with you for the most part 
Right. So, you know, it was it was not Joe's best moment, um, but there's been other things that he's done this uh, this season that I have had more <laughs> more problems with than that. Because I think I think Wheeler was coming out anyway. You know, the unfortunate part was that it was two zero count. Um, and <laughs> it, like, yeah, it's just, it, it looks ridiculous. It's weird. Right. It's just it's just stupid. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a shocking moment uh, and something that I did not expect Girardi to you know to happen to him but also that inning was so long so i i I do totally you know see where he's coming from yeah the honestly the the bigger gripe i have with girardi was from a which we'll get to hypothetical saturday game but i'll get to that um the last thing from friday and uh speaking of maybe not your best night it was uh not my pal joe decamera's best night on twitter uh yeah uh, what a what a night so tweeted if you didn't see it he tweeted I'm disappointed the Phillies did not plunk Acuna after he admired his home run ball for so long before running. I know a lot of young fans like these antics. I, I don't. It's it's not how the game should be played. And if it is played that way, a pitcher should do something about it. Uh, obviously, like the easy response is, Joe, a pitcher should not let the guy hit a 456 home run in that spot to to do something about it but uh dude i mean we'll get like just the situation but the camera so this tweet has 18 retweets and 918 quote tweets i don't think i've ever seen that before not to mention 874 responses it there's that means over 1700 people have responded in some way to this tweet it is wild um what do you think of of the situation itself and of joe's incredibly old man tag about it I know you do. You love, I love the take. The take from Joe. Yeah, I know yeah, you do. I'm so take. sure you would love. It's so. It honestly sounds like a 90 year old man got Twitter for the first time and and saw this happen. It was like, what are we doing? You gotta plunk that man. I know. I know. And uh, like, so it's funny. You know me. I am pretty old school when it comes yep, to this stuff. Sure. But it's funny. Like I watched it and I remember the moment. And I never at one point thought that Acuna was doing anything wrong. Like it was just he just like, crushed a baseball. Yeah, like dude, he just crushed yeah. it. Like like he even said, and I think it was tracked as like one of the hardest he's ever hit before. It's like just like relax, man. And hey, how about we stop throwing uh, Acuna yeah. like sliders or cutters in the outside corner? Like he can reach that pitch. I don't know how many more we have to deal with <laughs> before we can realize that, <clears throat> JT. But um, like it's it's it it didn't feel bad in the moment, and I completely disagree with Joe. Uh, you know, I'm all for a good old fashioned you know <laughs> brush back. But I genuinely like I I didn't feel yeah, it at all. I didn't, I didn't either. feel like I didn't you either. can usually you can usually feel one of those. You can usually feel one of the like unwritten rules, quote unquote, yeah, being broken. Like, and he was staring at the ball. He wasn't like looking at Wheeler and like staring Wheeler down or doing anything like confrontational. Now, well, now real- I do love I do love real quick. I do love that it made Wheeler upset. Like Wheeler in his post game press conference, they asked him about it. Yeah, he was very like, short with his answers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, and and not from the standpoint that you know I don't like it from the standpoint of, I don't want him to go like throw a hundred in Acuna's face, but I like it from the standpoint of he got shown up like, and he doesn't want to be shown up. Right, but also I feel like it's a good moment for the 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 Braves Phils rivalry. Oh yeah, like it's it's one of those like things that. that can kind of get this this going. So yeah. I I I I genuinely. Rivalries in sports are great, even if both teams are good. And this is just a, a kind of another example of that. Yeah, I'm with you. And I, I thought, look, uh, the uh, the most basic thing is don't let him hit it 456 feet or whatever in that spot. And, uh, um, yeah, I'm I'm with you. Um, all right. Oh, what do you think, real quick, while we're on Acuna before before we move on to a hypothetical Saturday game? Uh, this the Acuna Segura stuff. Like it seems playful, but at certain times it definitely seemed like somewhat, you know, aggressive. But I, I think it's mostly playful, right? It is. I would just like for there to be one highlight where Jay, where, where Gene is the one, you know celebrating a double and like yeah. you know messing with Segu- yeah. uh, messing with Acuña and not Acuña killing us again and and <laughs> messing around by, at second by base by the way I don't think I didn't notice your JT slander in there again it's 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 becoming a thing 
Um, well, well, maybe listen, maybe just get better <laughs> at it, and it won't be a problem. Also, real quick from Friday night, yes. Uh, how about did you, you obviously saw a moron Bryce fan that uh, was like trying to yeah. chirp at Bryce, <laughs> and he's like, learn how to say his name. It's a Cunha. I know, I know. So it's that great. was, a, and then and then Bryce responded with two straight games of dingers. Oh, so, but and not, and not just dingers, like like important moment dingers like he had two home runs in tie games like i mean they weren't like you know down 10 to 3 and he hits a solo shot or up 10 to 3 and he hits a solo shot like they were important game important home runs um all right uh moving on to to a hypothetical saturday night uh game before we get to the the moment i think that is the the biggest moment to talk about uh um Eflin, certainly not uh, as good as his first start or, you know, obviously in close, kind of started really poorly and then pulled himself together af- after. What were your thoughts on Eflin? Yeah, I actually thought Eflin was great. Um, I know the first inning was bad, and I get that. But like with most aces, you got to get to them <laughs> early because then they settle in. Um, but it was weird. So, you know, early in the game, he didn't have he didn't have his command down. Um, and then as the game, as, as the game started rolling along, and I think it's a really good plan of attack for, for Eflin, and I think it's something that we should see a lot more going forward. A lot of fastballs and sliders down. Like, he'll keep the sinker down, and then he'll keep the slider down, and then he'll he'll rush a four-seamer up in the zone. And I know, like, people are all scarred from the Chris Young experience, and, you know, four-seamers up in the zone are bad. But um, when you're consistently pounding down in the strike zone, with your slider and with your sinker, rushing a four-seam fastball up there at 94-95 is a, is a really good and interesting plan of attack. So um, that was a nappy start, so you expect nothing less from the best back <laughs> catcher in baseball. God, I love uh, that guy. Love that guy. Always have, always have, baby. Um, but, yeah, so, uh, listen, the first inning happened, you know, but I just think that – the fact that that we uh, Eflin bounced back from the first thing, I think it was impressive because he's had his struggles against the Braves. I mean, everyone remembers the heavy leg start from July fourth in twenty nineteen, where it was like Acuna has like a nine pitch at bat to lead off the game, and and Wheeler was, or Eflin was just done from that point on. So you know the fact that he left the three and then was really solid after that, and you know gave him a chance to win a ball game. I thought I thought it was impressive, and um, obviously the, the the run late hurt, but. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it was a good start from Zach and, um, I really liked his plan of attack. So, um, I'm definitely, like, if you're, if you're telling me to sell one guy from the weekend, it's not, it's not Eflin's performance. I thought he was good. All right. Before we get to the Alvarado play, um, I mentioned before the Girardi decision that I, I, I liked even less the, the, the decision to take Hoskins out of the game and put Nap at first base. I like in a, in a close game, I didn't get that. I mean, I know Nap's better defensively because, you know, anyone is better defensively. But, I mean, what are you doing? Reese Hoskins has been the best hitter on your team this year. What did you think of that move? I know you did it because of the batting order and he wanted the pitcher's lazy mm-hmm. could be and all that. But, like, I don't, yeah. I don't think you could take Hoskins out of that game. So, um, I initially I thought, I thought the same thing. But then you got to factor in – you know, the two catchers thing, you know? Right. So, so you, if JT gets hurt, you can move Nat back to catcher is right. the idea. Yeah. That's right. actually, I mean, it is a fair point. I hate it, but it, it's a fair point, I suppose. I don't, that's I just still National don't love League it. National League baseball, though. baby. Yeah, exactly. It's National League ball. All right. All right. Um, all right. The Alvarado play. I, I, look, I've heard some people like, I look, DD should have been covering second, but like, I don't blame him that much. He was thinking he was going to have to play the ball. Like, Jose Alvarado taking his eye off the runner at third. Like, the guy never stopped. He was coming home. Pasha, I think it was, whatever. Just coming home. Like, that was a horrendously bad baseball. Like, in a brutal way to end up ultimately losing that game. Like, and I know Girardi afterwards tried to excuse it, saying, like, oh, first of all, that ball was clearly not hit hard enough to get a double play with a fast runner. But, man, like... In that situation, the only important thing is that guy at third base, and you got to keep your eye on him. I, that's my take. What do you think of that play? Uh, Gabe Girardi uh, letting letting his guys go after I, 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 dude, I couldn't believe it. I, I thought I thought he was so soft on that, and I hope he was different buying closed doors, but he was soft on that. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. Um, especially because, all right, so here's here was my 
kind of take on it was that first off, if you're in that situation, you're a pitcher. JT just ran through all the signs. You have communication with your shortstop. Uh, you guys all know where everyone is on the infield. And even if that, you know, whatever, if that ball gets to Didi, he's not a double play depth. Like he's not, he's not in a position to turn that double play because the infield's in. So it, it really just comes down to lack of uh, awareness of the situation because I'm sure JT called it out there. You know, I mean, he, he gave the signs and I'm sure that, J, uh, that that Alvarado and Didi, they also have their own signs where they know what they're where they are and they're on the same page. It just comes down to Alvarado turning the wrong way. I mean, he just turned the wrong way. He made the wrong decision. He thought he could get two, and you know he didn't. He couldn't make two. Um, it was a it was a mental mistake. He has to make that throw home. Um, and yeah, it was it was terrible. But it it comes down to I think um, a miscommunication and not having a good awareness of the of the of the situation so it wasn't great but it i mean it felt like a classic phil's break oh like heartbreaking yeah. way to lose well, yeah. it was the it was the first time this season that really felt like the 2020 phil's in any way shape and form it really was and look let, let's talk about it i mean quickly in general uh, obviously that was a mental mistake as anything as much as anything but I mean, the defense has been bad for this team uh, ever since that opening series where they look pretty good. Uh, it has not been great. Boehm uh, obviously has looked better this season in general, but did not have a good weekend defensively in Atlanta. We've seen some miscues. Um, Didi, I know Kakunya got there quick, but another time where Didi does that kind of double clutch. Um, it hasn't been great, Jack. No, I, t- I totally agree with you. Um, it's been It's been really bad, and... Like Didi's defense, I feel like is taking a significant step down. Just doesn't look like he's getting the balls as quickly. You know, there was even a well, the the play tonight was kind of ridiculous. I mean, it was a it was a hard hit ground ball to shortstop that has to be converted into a into an out. It just has to be. No matter if Acuna is is running as fast as he can down first base line, like that has to be an out. There was a play last night um, where it was a slow dribbler and he just didn't like. He's not very really quick on the transfers. Like, he doesn't get it out very fast. Um, so, and he just, I don't know, maybe it's eye test or whatever, but he looks a step slower, you know, when, when trying to get to balls. Um, Reese is Reese. Like, he, he's gotten better at scooping balls, but overall doesn't help you protect the lines. Same thing with Bomer. I mean, Bomer looks pretty good uh, defensively, but it's like, it's a very low bar. Um and then, you know, Roman Quinn and Adam Hazley are, I mean, they're not good defensive players. I mean, Roman Quinn can't, you know, read a fly ball off the bat, and, and Adam Hazley has the range of a snail. So, um, like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, I thought the defense wasn't going to be great, but I didn't think it was going to be such, a, like, a, a big problem. But I would say, if, you know, a week and a half into the season, um the four or five starters in the defense are clearly well, and then and then center field, yes, is a, is another huge issue. But if we're looking at three Achilles heels for this team, it's center field, defense, and the four or five starters. Yeah, I'm with you. It, it it's concerning, and it was something that you know we did talk about coming into the season, but we didn't think it would be bad enough to actually cost them games. And right now, it's it's bad enough that it can cost them games. Um, all right. But uh, far far too much talk about hypothetical stuff when we could actually talk about something real that happened, Jack. The Phillies won a baseball game tonight. What were your biggest takeaways from tonight's game? Uh, Bone was safe. That's a that's no takeaway number one. Uh, yeah, yeah I mean, that, was... that, uh, That's not even a, a, a takeaway. It's just a, a fact is what it is. Yes, yes. Uh, Bomer was safe. Bryce, Bryce has uh, his highest average exit velo. Um, of his entire career uh, going right now. And he has two homers and two trade games ever since that Braves fan uh, tried to chirp him. So um, Bryce looks great. And, like, I don't know. The balls that he hit this weekend were, <laughs> like, harder than I think I've ever seen him. Oh, my God. Life. Like, the one the one tonight or, like, last night, Saturday night's one, just, like, rocketed out of the stadium. It was wild. It was, it was, and it was just, it, uh, like, if you look at all of Bryce's expected stats, like, his expected Woba is top five in, in baseball right now, and even though he's 
I mean, it's 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 dumb to look at stats, you know, kind of a week and a half into the season. Um, but there was people like, oh, was he going to hit his first home run and and all of that stuff? And um, like he has a he had a pretty big weekend down in Atlanta. And you said it earlier, and I I forget I saw the stat tweet out this weekend, but I I forgot to grab it. But I mean, I think he's a career like three fifty hitter with bases loaded since joining the Phillies, or not bases loaded with in a tie game. Um, with like a with an OPS over a thousand, like for for all the all the Bryce criticisms of doesn't get big hits and only hits home runs when they're down by a lot of runs. Since he's gotten here, he has just been a machine when it comes to late in ball games or tie ball games and hitting home runs to kind of put his team ahead. Yeah, it's been uh, it really a lot of important home runs. Like that's why I made that distinction before because. Yeah, there are a lot of guys, and and you know you've had them on your team before, where it always feels like they hit that home run in a in a ten one ball game or whatever it is, you know. And it does feel, and it felt anecdotally before, and then then I saw that stat, and it felt that it a lot of Bryce's home runs were in these big spots, and I you know I think that matters, you know. And and again, it does look like he's heating up. The at-bats were there early. He was grinding. He was having really good at-bats. He wasn't getting great pitches to hit. And it's slowly starting to come along. And, and obviously the last two games, the two dingers. Obviously, I mean, again, uh, Rees homering tonight. I mean, how locked in is Rees Hoskins? I just so far and away been the best hitter on this team through the first, whatever, eight games of the season, nine games, whatever. Through. Yeah, and I think it was, I think it was maybe in the – fourth inning or, or something or maybe like his second at bat i think vasgarjan might have said that he, he had already worked like 20 plus pitches from drew smiley wow. which is yeah which is just well great. that home run the, the at bat that he hit the homer in was a, a great at bat where he kept battling and battling and fouling him off like until he got when he could could yank well that's what i'm saying like the um the home run against the, uh against david peterson was the same thing it was like they don't get that big inning if Reese doesn't work a nine pitch at bat against David Peterson, and and sure he hits the home run, but more importantly he he grinds out the at bat and um, just puts the rest of his guys into position to hit. So yeah, I mean Reese is Reese has just been locked in all year. It's great to see, and you know I feel I just he's so maligned, and I I don't get why you know <laughs> Reese Hoskins still hasn't walked James. Like he what? hasn't walked. Wow, that's actually really crazy, Jack. Yeah. I did not realize that. That's like shocking. Like he's finally doing the thing where people are like, "Oh, he's got to be more aggressive and and all that stuff." It's like, okay, well, he's doing it and he's batting over three hundred and he's hitting got... to all fields. I mean, tonight's homer right. yanked to left field. Obviously, we talked about the opposite field one the other day. Like, he it's it, he's he's using the whole field. He's doing what like. We always are like, I want that Reese Hoskins. Right. And, and I mean, he got Maylied. We've been over this. <laughs> I mean, he, he really did. He, uh, John Maylie sunk him. And he's, he's kind of back to being the Reese that, you know, obviously 2017 was ridiculous. I mean, it was, a, it was a hot streak that we haven't seen since, like, when Howard first came up. Um, but, like, the guy, is a, the guy is a good baseball player. He works really good at bats. He's finally doing the thing where he'll get it to, you know, 2-2 with five a ton of pitches, and he'll kind of wait for that fastball that he can drive, and it's right where he needs it to be. And again tonight, I mean, he works a nine-pitch at bat and, and takes him yard. And it's just this is really, really solid baseball. He hasn't walked on the year. He's being plenty aggressive. And um, I'm just wondering – what like would you bat him lead off or would you would you keep him at two i know the whole idea of batting your a power hitting first baseman lead off is ridiculous but you know you see the bat that he the at bat that he had tonight i mean imagine imagine starting off a starter with a nine pitch at bat to to get him into a ball game that would be that would be excruciating to deal with so um and like acuña i mean he's not a guy that's going to work a ton of at bats but he's going to put a uh, good solid contact out there, and he can work pitchers. So, I, I, I don't hate the idea of trying to bat Reese leadoff. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I've never hated the idea of putting a guy like that in the leadoff spot. Um, it's interesting. I think he's really well suited for the two hole too, for the same reasons. But 
Um, it's an interesting thought, especially if McCutcheon continues to struggle, because that is one guy who has really not gotten it going yet offensively. Obviously, he had the home run um, in a hypothetical game uh, on Saturday, but uh, hasn't really gotten it going. Didi, the only other really guy who's kind of really gotten it going quietly, yet I think he's hitting every single game. The homer tonight off off Smiley, he had been really, really bad against his whole career. Um, the homer to center the other day against the Mets. Uh, Didi's, Didi is all right. I, I was a little worried about him at the start of the season. I, I feel like Didi's bringing it offensively, obviously defensively. We talked about the struggles. Yeah, but um, and he's another guy that it feels like he always gets a, a, a big homer when the Phils need it. And it was again tonight. It was just like, oh, we need a three-run homer. Great, Didi's up. So, um, yeah, it's. He he. I mean, he's up to 294 on the year. I feel like he's hasn't been hitting at a 294 pace so far. Um, but it's it's kind of shocking how low he is in the lineup. Um, but listen, I mean, they have a they have a long lineup and they're gonna use that length. So um, yeah, I mean, just another big DD homer tonight. Good to see him get that one and um, <laughs> just figure out the the, the defensive side. All right, one last thing uh, before I want to ask you. Like I said, I want to talk about the the couple things that I think are the biggest weaknesses on the team and see what you think is the biggest issue and most important issue. But um, last thing from tonight, and I actually tweeted this, so Jack, you know I mean business when I tweet it. Um, I feel so incredibly confident in the opinion that Connor Brogdon is the best reliever on this team. (laughs) I mean... Love to see. I mean, he is. I mean, right? Who? Let's put it this way: If you could pick one Phillies reliever to come in for one inning that you absolutely have to get through, like who are you taking over Brogdon right now? No one. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I mean, it's it's strikes. It's 97, and it's a legitimate changeup. So, um, like, I'm I'm with you. I'm 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 glad that everyone's you know finally starting to see it. It's good. It's good that everyone's coming around to Connor Brogdon being our next Madsen, <laughs> and. You know, it might be better than that. You gotta, you gotta hit yeah. some of these at some point, right? Well, I mean, you know, for the for the amount of people that love to tell me, oh, you got Pavetta wrong in those <laughs> ERAs, like three two, you know, three two, three two seven, yeah. I think is the ERA right now. Yeah. Um, th- listen, give me a little bit of props for for being dead right about Connor Brogdon. So, listen, I'm not I'm not one to take victory laps. You know that, James. I'm I'm all about oh, the team here. We never hear about things you do or your accomplishments. Or <laughs> never, yeah, never. No, no, I'm just I'm just excited to be here and a part of this team, but. Um, yes, Connor Brogdon is, is a metronome. Um, one of our, one of our faith, uh, one of our listeners, um, Michael, he, he's already coining him the string bean. Um, I like that. I, yeah, he's, I mean, listen, he's very scrawny. Um, but that's okay. You know, cause it comes out in 97. I like, I like referring to him as our Ryan Madsen, but, um, I, I, all the superlatives you can throw his way. I think they're all warranted because, He's just he, nothing rattles him. He's perfectly fine, um, and the fact that again, they actually had a, a reliever come up through the system and turn out to be very good is damn near shocking. And uh, yeah, just another example of that tonight. Yeah, it's a it's a complete and total miracle. All right, quickly before we get to the uh, my question, uh, we didn't mention, but Archie to the uh, IL was a deal. Uh, the IL. Um, uh, I'm not going to say he wouldn't have gotten hurt if he had come on the podcast, but I'm, it's certainly possible. That's all I'm saying. Uh, oblique strain. So like annoying, it'll keep him out for a little while, but not a season ender or whatever. But Jojo comes up. Any general thoughts on that? Uh, my first thought was the Phillies are never going to pay for a reliever. Ever again. Well, how about the fact that, that, you know, we know the Robertson thing. We were all oh, never gets hurt, never gets hurt. And then he comes here and, uh, I think it was Corey Simon tweeted that Archie Bradley, it's been, he has not been on the IL for like almost six years or something. Yeah. Well, like, welcome to, to the Phillies. Exactly. Now. Exactly. Yep. Welcome to the Phils. Um, yeah. So obviously the Archie Bradley injury, you know, sucks. I mean, he had been pitching pretty well. Um, up until when he had the oblique injury on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Saturday. Um, so, yeah, not great. But the thing is, is that 
Like, they actually have guys behind them that can get a job done. You know, it's not like Archie Bradley goes out and the whole bullpen falls apart. Like, Sam Coonrod, I know what happened tonight, um, happened, and it was a, another JT, whatever. But It's the first um, run he's given up all season. Yeah, and it's to the best hitter in baseball. So, or, you know, one whatever. of them. MVP, MVP front runner, Ron Acuna. So, I get it. But, um,. But, yeah, and, and I think he was deserving of taking down more big innings. Um, and now he gets put in there. And, like, <laughs> like, dude, I think JoJo's, like, already one of the five best relievers in the team. And I think it's ridiculous that he was never even on here from opening day. And I'm just glad that he's here now. Like, it was so stupid that he was not on the opening day roster because he's definitively one of their five best relievers. And now you're going to see him in, in bigger, bigger moments. And it also gives him another lefty. So if Jose, yep. you know, needs to be down for a night which we already have seen this season where he obviously is going to have to take a night off. Like you can use Joe Romero and it's not, you know, a super, you know, downside. So it, it's not a win-win all around. You want Archie Bradley here, but I also thought it was freaking ridiculous that, that Joe Romero was not on the opening day roster and wasn't up here by now. Yeah. I mean, the guy is, is 97 with a white belt slider. Can we get him up here? Yeah, I agree. I, I thought he should have made the roster. That was weird. They were only keeping one left. Yeah. I'm with you hundred um, percent. All right. Um, before we get to your tape bag and before we get to a, uh, a quick edition of what would Jack Fritz do? Um, uh, yeah, no, nothing. Don't worry. It's, it's baseball related. It's not like, uh, I'm not putting you in a words. All right. Uh, but quickly I mentioned before, but, um, what do you think is the biggest issue with this team right now? Look, they're, they're six and three. We should be happy with this team. They've, had some tough losses, but also some really hard-fought wins. They seem resilient. Like, I like the vibe with this team. But, you know, like, look, center field, first of all, hashtag why not Mick. Mickey Moniac tweeting out a high hope shirt is easily the best thing that's happened to me this month. Thank you, Mick. You friggin' rule, and you are our guy forever. Um, but, uh, and seriously, hashtag why not Mick. Like, definitely the best option right now with this drivel. Like, Roman Quinn is an automatic out. Like, he is the most automatic out I remember as a Phillies position player in, uh, like, since Andrew Knapp three years ago, um, w- which we always loved him, even though. Yeah, uh, that's, a, that's a shot. Yeah, the shot yeah, of Andrew. Never, never. It was just a, a statement of fact. Um, like, center field, clear issue. I would say just a right handed bat off the bench, uh, a, a massive issue with the, and ties into the Quinn thing. Um, and then I mentioned before, I think the other thing you look at right now and say, you know, I think that's an issue is the depth at starting pitching, especially if Matt Moore continues down this road. Like, I mean, in theory, Vincent Velasquez is the sixth starter on the roster right now. If they had a doubleheader and didn't want to call someone up, Vinny would start that game. And I don't think they would make Vinny a, someone who's in the rotation unless there were multiple injuries. I think they would try Spencer Howard or do something else, Ranger Suarez or whatever. But... um when I tell you those three things, and look, you hope they're going to try and fix all these things in some form or another, or at least attempt to fix them or make them slightly better, but, but what do you think is the biggest issue? Or or is it something so I, I didn't mention? No, no, I, I think it's the defense. I think it's oh, the wow. defense. Oh, wow. There you go. Well, wow. Because my, my problem with the defense is that defense is the one thing that can happen during a game that can just shift momentum like that. Like, it can just it can just take the momentum and and – put it right in the opposition's favor and we saw it this weekend and you know the the four or five starter thing is going to happen but um like when i'm talking about game to game and and trying to win every game center field is obviously a huge problem but i just a defense giving up runs late in games is so demoralizing and it's the thing that reminds me the most of the 2020 bullpen so um I would say defense, uh, none are great. And, like, again, the fact that Roman Quinn is our, is our best right-handed hitting option off the it's, bench is absurd. That's really bad, man. I mean, that's really I bad. Mean, I mean, like, he is he is so infuriating. And it's like, it, again, the thousandth time, why are you trying to hit home runs? Just put the bat in the ball and, and, and let – your athletic tools take over and actually help the like why are you striking out at the rate that you're striking out at that it, it should never happen um and and like there's a guy in like jed jerko sitting on the free agent wire right now and it, i'm 
I looked up earlier today. I might have forgotten, but I'm, I think he's a 300 hitter against lefties in his career. Um, I, so I, like, anecdotally, I, always, I you know I've owned him in fantasy multiple times. Obviously, like I remember him as someone who mashed lefties. Right, like just just go sign that guy, you know, for <laughs> for a for like a million dollars. Can't whatever. be worse than Roman Quinn. Automatic Automatic It gives you an actual option late in games. It gives you an actual option that you can go to and 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 you know, at least it's not a, it's not just the, It's really where Scott Kingery like the, the Scott Kingery killed this team in this spot. Like what like where they, they were expecting Kingery. I think like we've talked about to be their center fielder, but if nothing else to be a right-handed you know, Swiss Army knife off the bench who they can you know, bat instead of Roman Quinn and stuff. It's pretty sad. Pretty sad, Jack. Yeah, and I do think that Kingery is gonna be back yeah, up soon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean the the reports the reports <laughs> from 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 uh the alternate set are pretty good. You know, we're moving <laughs> in the right direction. Jeff uh, yeah, Pag's back at some point. All right, yep. uh take back before uh a quick game of what would Jack Fritz say? Okay. Um overall, like I'm not the fact that they were pretty much in this series and and need a coin flip game last night and obviously Bone was safe tonight, so there's no there's never a doubt. I think it's good. You know, I think it's a good thing for this team. Um not a super discouraging week and obviously the Alvarado play happened, so I'm happy overall. Uh, ba, 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 ba. uh so like the one thing that I wanted to get to because I saw a lot of tweets about it tonight. So just inside the sport. So did you notice Matt Moore grunting tonight? No, I didn't. Dude, like a total grunt fest. He would have thought it was like the a tennis. Yeah, sure. You know? That was my first thought um, when he said it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so uh, the reason why he was grunting so much or whatever was because what, uh, what, what, what pitchers try to do is they try to have everything mirror each other. So if you're grunting on 91 when you're throwing your fastball, uh, it's a good idea to grunt on your changeup because the so the hitter thinks that you're not just trying to power ah. people away with your fastball. Right. So that's that's why Matt Moore is grunting on every single pitch was because he didn't want to. Because he can't help grunting when he's dialing it up and right. got it. He has right. to mimic it. That makes sense. That's yes. interesting. Good looking out there, Doug. Yeah. That's actually that's a, quite insightful from you. Yeah. Who would have thought? Yeah. That? Um, it's an old uh, it's an old Moyer trick actually. That's good stuff. So, I try to do it. I try to do it in a couple starts, and like I would get so worked up with the grunting <laughs> that I would like, I would forget how to you know pitch. So um, sounds about right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm always focused on the important things. Um, and like I don't really have much else in my take back, you know. Um, but my last thing is like, man, <laughs> if we're gonna call Gene Segura a hit machine, it would be great if we could start getting the hits. Dude, I mean, uh, he's been rough and like. Some of the pitches he swings at, it's like, bro, like that one, the one tonight, like hit the hit like two feet in front of the plate in the dirt, and he swung at it. It's like, what are you, what are you seeing, man? I know, I know, and it's like, Gene, <laughs> you can't be a two fifty swinging at every first pitch guy. I mean, I I like the aggressiveness. I think he's a good bats a ball guy. But it's time to get that average up to to around three hundred. You know, it's it's it's. I mean, we can't we can't be having the two fifty ish seasons. I think he's batting like I think. So before McCutcheon got hurt in twenty nineteen, he was batting like three ten. I want to say, and since that moment, he's been batting like two forty two. So um, <laughs> I need him to get back on the. Uh, the right track here if we're going to call him uh, Gene Segura hit machine. You're damn right about that. All right. uh, I'll use my my final thought for... uh, Do you have any final thoughts before I do my what would Jack do? Um, Well, we're on to New York. On to New York. And a four-game series, uh, day game Thursday. We will be, no matter what happens, recording right around 6 o'clock on Thursday. So expect a new pod Thursday night. Um, nice. Is that fair? Who we That's got? right. We got, right? we got Chase Anderson versus uh, David Peterson. Yep. Yep. No, I think it's. I no. think it's. Against, oh, I guess it depends on if they throw Stroman or not because he started the game. But like that'll be interesting. I, I don't know. Ah, that's a good point. Yeah. Either way, either way, pitching matchups favor the favor the Phils. I mean, if you missed a Grom, that's what matters, right? But it's a four no, game series, well, so I don't to... think you will. Yeah, you're gonna see him. 
the Grom's supposed to go third. I mean, they'll lose for him so. anyway, so. Well, it's so funny. It's like they forget to score runs when he's it's pitching. Unbelievable. Um, all right. Uh, so, um, last thing, a, a quick game of what would Jack Fritz do? Uh, I saw this, and it made me wonder what you would do because, uh, you know, I'm always intrigued by you in these types of situations as a, you know, former high-level athlete yourself. Okay. That's right. Everyone knows um, Shout out to RGM, our guy, Sam Fold. Uh, I'm not sure if you saw this. I think Corey Simon might have tweeted out. Someone, someone tweeted this out. Um, it was from Baseball Reference uh, about our guy. Uh, it says, on this day in 2011, Sam Fold had four extra base hits and Tampa Bay's 16-5 win over Boston. I owned him in fantasy for this, by the way. I Yeah, I did. Uh, he goes, after hitting a double, a triple, and a homer, he came up in the ninth inning only needing a single to complete the cycle, but instead lashed a double into the left field corner. Jack Fritz, you are in that situation, the totally real hypothetical that you could – be playing Major League Baseball and have a home run, a double, and a triple, and you lash one into the corner, are you stopping at first base? I am not stopping okay. at first base. Good to know. I'm, Good. Because yeah, I uh, could I mean, see listen. you going the other way and being like, I'm getting the – I'm getting David Bell's out of the record books. I'm getting the la- the newest Philly site. You know, that's not going to be my name in the record books. Yeah, now I will say, if this is Philly's history, you might have I to consider it, right? <laughs> yeah. Any, I will do, James. <laughs> if I like the Phillies could make the playoffs, they could win the World Series. I need someone <laughs> hit for the freaking cycle. No, no. Like David Bell is my least favorite Philly yeah, of all I time. I hated David Bell. Just can someone hit for the freaking yeah. cycle so we can just erase that memory from our, the record books. Forever. But tw- so, so the yes. point is, any other team, you're 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 taking the devil and and playing yeah. the right way. Yeah. I I, I but, respect but, it. But here, but you have to factor in. Um, so I'd obviously be doing this podcast and being a superstar in the Phillies and I would, I mean, everyone would know my personal brand of like needing, uh, David Bell out of the record books. I would just feel my Twitter mentions lighting up if I did not stay at first base and get David Bell's name, uh, erased in the record books. So if I was a Philly and on the team, I would stay at first base because I would, I need David Bell gone. Um, but on any other team, I'm going for second. Yeah, that's for sure. I think that's a correct answer. All right. Uh, we're getting out of here again. We'll be back Thursday. Uh, three of four, Jack. Can we say three of four? If they take three of four, Let's go. this podcast Let's on Thursday is going to be go. electric. Let's go. Three of four. And, and listen, if anyone out there uh, knows where Jim Nance went and – you know, reaches out to him once he wants to come on the pod and tell us what his future is going to be, where he's going to end up. We're happy to uh, talk to Jim too. So, and, <laughs> and, and bump touch, Tom. Bump touch, Tom. Three of four. He spreads himself to a popularity.